Welcome to the Mindful Moments for Families and Schools podcast. This is Kelly Winkler, your host. If you are a parent or a teacher who would like to have a more peaceful, calm, and centered environment, then you are in the right place. In this podcast, we will learn to weave yoga and mindfulness into your daily routines to help both you and your children be able to regulate your emotions, feel connected, and be resilient. I'm excited to share these incredible tools with you, so let's get started. Welcome back to Mindful Moments for Families and Schools. This is your host, Kelly. I'm thrilled today to have on Maria Jones. Maria is a health professional and yoga teacher and a yoga course creator. She specializes in chair-based yoga and its therapeutic applications in elderly and the less abled populations. She's chronically awesome and made of recycled bits. She lives in Scotland and works for the MS Society. She is a mom to a 13-year-old and a Shih Tzu. I'm so excited to have Maria on today. We are going to be diving into the topic of tapping and the benefits it has for everybody, but especially for children and um, even getting into uh, the special needs population. So I'm excited for you all to hear this wonderful conversation. Let's dive in. Welcome, Maria. Hi, Kelly. Hi, I'm so happy to get to talk with you again. Last time I was on your podcast, and now I'm super excited to have you as a guest on my show. So welcome, and I would love for you to just start out by telling us about you and your journey and your yoga practice and how you began working in this wellness space Hi Kelly, thank you so, so much for having me on the podcast. Um, a long, long time ago, I was a regular body balance participant. Uh, if you know the program, it's a yoga to music type of program by Les Mills. And mm-hmm. I love the practice. It's a lovely yoga to music practice. But more formally, I should say that my journey with yoga started in 2009. My son was two years old. I had uh, the flu for a very long time for some reason back then. And I decided to have a bath when I was suddenly feeling really, really good. And, uh, you know, it's a kind of a process to fill up the bathtub, et cetera, et cetera. So instead of compromising with a quick shower, I decided to go into the bathtub and relax. And as I tried to get out, my back went and I was stuck in the bathtub. So I decided the following day to start attending a slower paced uh, than body balance yoga classes at the local gym where I was going. And I realized over time that the slower pace and the quiet class, because in yoga classes here, the teacher doesn't have music. Uh, were times that I could reflect and I was feeling a lot, lot better for it. It really helped me uh, deal with my son, who was a toddler at the time. I was a university student, second time round that time. And the stress of the two, being back in university and having a toddler, I guess, uh, was a bit too much. But yoga really helped me 
reflect. It was my time to not just shut everything out like I used to do with more energetic or music-based classes, uh, but a time to actually look uh, internally at what was happening. Why was I so cross with a child? And why were my expectations as a mom so high? The kind of things that you experience when you have children, I guess. Mm. Uh, so it really kind of helped me, helped me a lot in those uh, challenging times. Um, you see, I, uh, I am chronically ill as well I have systemic lupus so there was an element of managing my condition and you know having the right attitude to deal with the relapses of my systemic lupus with relapses of my disease as well and it was just wonderful it was so different to anything else I had done before so I stuck with it it has been there like a real a platform almost that carries me through life, I guess, mind, body, and spirit, as they would say, very, very uh, stereotypically, actually. But yes, that's what it does for me. So I decided that I should become a yoga teacher to deal with all this for myself as well. And um, yeah, it, it, it just expanded my knowledge into the practice. And it brought me into a place where I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And that was to help people who are chronically ill like myself. And that resulted in me doing more therapeutic type of yoga training and then teaching people who are less abled and chronically ill. So at this stage right now, I specialize in teaching chair accessible yoga or chair based yoga uh, for other people. So, yeah, it's a very nice journey, I guess, but it's all about how I manage with it that I wanted to take to the other people as well. Yeah, I love hearing the stories and what a beautiful story you have. It's always so inspiring to hear, you know, first where people find their, you know, how they enter into a yoga practice, what challenges brought them there, because almost always there's some challenges that we face that brings us to the practice of yoga. And then to hear that, you know, it helped you so much and then sort of ignited something in you to want to help others. That's it's such a such a beautiful story. And, um, you know so so wonderful that that you found that and I I think like I don't know I always feel yoga can be such an important piece like you said first you were um, it was like about your stress and dealing with um, being back in university and being a mom yeah. that it helped you and I, I think that that is like such an important piece that new parents I think new new moms should all be exposed to yoga as a resource because it's so Not stressful. New moms, I think yeah. when it gets to the changes, the children go through these different stages in their lives, which can be really challenging for us parents. And I'm saying that because my son is now a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and, you know, grade eight, uh, these things happen, <laughs> kind of yes. thing. Anyway, so <laughs> when. Um, and all those st stages, in all those stages, we as parents require to dig 
deep into our empathy and mm -hmm. our understanding and place ourselves in our kids shoes even momentarily and remember what it was like to be a child which is why I did a kids yoga teacher training because it really reminded me what it is like to be playful to be silly to be yes. energetic all those things uh, you know you have to experience them and yoga opens the doors to these experiences and therefore creates a greater understanding for ourselves and that can create space, which is the most important one, actually, in our mind, mm -hmm. in our heart, to deal with the challenging behaviors our kids Yes. Play, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like a resource that can carry you through parenthood, for sure. What you know, once you, I think, I think becoming a parent, and as you say, as you go through all those different stages, I also have teenagers in my household right now I have teenagers but I also still have a seven-year-old and um, so we have the range here and they do they they go through such different stages and such different challenges and I think as a parent I know for myself personally I think it's a lot of self-work and we mm -hmm. have to work on ourselves so that we're able to be there in the way that we want to show up for our kids. And yoga is just the perfect way to to help us with that. And like you yeah, said, create that space from an empty cup at all. So if if the only thing yoga does is fills up your cup a little bit and it is your time away from it all for yourself, then let that be it. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. So I really was excited to have you on to talk about a little bit about a new venture that you've been uh, going into of recent. You've recently become trained in EFT or what maybe most people know as tapping. I don't know a whole lot about it. I've just dabbled in it a little bit myself, but I don't, and maybe some of our listeners have never even heard of it. Can you tell us about it and why did you decide to add that to your training? Well, EFT tapping is another form of talk therapy, actually. So you declare certain things to yourselves and we can go about, you know, we can talk about this in more detail in a little bit. But it, there are certain points that you can tap with your fingers and uh, they create a sense of grounding as a start because you're touching your own body, I guess and also seem to um, keep you grounded while you speak nicely to yourself. Um, so it is, very, it is a very effective form of talk therapy, I guess. Uh, there is several talk therapies out there. This just seems to be one that is uh, very popular. And it it kind of started for me as a grounding exercise at the beginning of a led yoga class. So my yoga teacher would say, oh, let's just do a little bit of tapping. And we would do it at the top of our head, which is one of the tapping points. And the eyebrow point is the second one. Then the side where the temples kind of are is another one. And then you would have the cheekbones type of area, uh, top of the lip chin and collarbones just under kind of thing and then there is the option to tap at the bottom of your rib cage or under your armpit 
So all those are the tapping points, which can be found widely on the internet, uh, widely on the internet. And they, uh, and you say things to yourself as you tap. And in, initially I did not know that there was something I had to say. I was just doing it as a grounding exercise because the yoga teacher was uh, doing it. And it made me feel incredible. She was only doing like a couple of rounds on all the points. And honestly, there was this sense of arriving in the class, this sense of centering and being present even by not saying anything, by just knowing that this is the beginning of the class. And my son at the time used to attend classes with me because that was one of the blessings of COVID, if there were any at all, I guess, uh, that we could we started all practicing at home online. And that was very mm. nice to have him join me here. So we were practicing yoga together and we were starting and I could see him benefiting from that as well. You know, I caught him several times tapping at the top of his head when he was feeling a little bit overwhelmed by his homework or online learning that they had to do in the past year. So all those things um, seemed to come together and suddenly I found tap with Brad online and I was like, oh, so I started doing it and I realized that there is a script that you are saying to yourself, that there is a sequence of words and, you know, uh, statements that you have to kind of do and it becomes even more effective. And in that process of talking and tapping, uh, you can remove limiting beliefs, maybe fears, just like other talk therapies, it it becomes an alternative form of therapy. And because I could see how beneficial it was for me to do that, to deal with what was happening in this world in the last year, basically, I decided that maybe I should also train to do that. And that's how I ventured into the world of tapping and finding out how to do it for myself. And I've done it with my son, of course, because at the beginning of your training, you're asked to just go with people you know, and then you progress to people you do not know. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I started with my son and my husband, and it really suddenly things dissolve in front of you, all those things that appear to be so massive, and there's like an argument happening in the house, those kind of things dissolve and there is this sense of, yeah, okay, I'm just letting it go. And I guess that's why it's called EFT, emotional freedom technique, because you suddenly free of those limiting beliefs, fears, worries, uh, anger, I guess. So, you know, those emotions are processed in a controlled and calm manner. And that's why I had to find out how to do it. Yeah, I, I, I did it a little bit myself last year as well. I had the first experience with it uh, over the summer last year. Uh, we were sort of coming towards the end of the summer and we were gearing up to start whatever school was going to look like. And I was feeling really, really anxious uh, about how this schedule was going to work with my four kids and what, what work was going to look like for me and all of that. And I was speaking to somebody who, who also um, was practicing this and she said, oh, there's this app you can do to try it. And so I did uh, for about a month, 
I, I use this app that I downloaded to my phone and I, I really also found ben- lots of benefit for myself um, yeah. using it because, um, you know, as I said, I, I have anxiety and I have a lot of uh, limiting beliefs, I think that pop up for me. And so this was a really great way. I have been using affirmations for myself and of course, meditation, but this sort of felt like putting those two together in a really nice structured way. Yep. You know, there is a script, there's a sequence that you learn to follow when you learn how to, shall we say, teach, I guess, you're not teaching, when you learn to become a practitioner, a tapping practitioner. And all of the points remain the same, the language changes depending on what you're targeting. So in there is a setup statement of course and in that setup statement it normally starts by saying whatever is happening i choose to love and accept myself or i honor and love myself those kind of statements are important because they clear the way like it doesn't matter what happens in this session i choose to love and accept myself so you're kind of recognizing that your problems or a certain behavior does not define you. So that's an important part because we can change behaviors, but we cannot change who we are. And Mm -hmm. it would be foolish to think that we can kind of change who we are. And I know this is a very controversial statement, but our behavior can change. And it is important to recognize that regardless what happens, we choose to love and accept ourselves. Ourselves, that cannot change, but our behavior can definitely change. So that's the first one. And then you go through usually two rounds of negative affirmations or anti-affirmations, as we say. And that is the place where you truly recognize what is happening, that you could be stressed. You can even say, I feel stressed, and you tap on one point. And then you can tap on another one and say, um, this lockdown is making me feel anxious. And then you continue going in that manner, say uh, a round of two, which is 16 kind of statements. And in that way, your brain recognizes and faces what is happening in front of you. Because if you don't recognize it, how are you going to tackle it? If you can't uh, see it, um, how are you going to solve it, shall we say? So that's the purpose of the anti-affirmation two rounds. And then suddenly you open the door to the possibility that actually it's not that bad, that actually maybe there is a way out of it. Maybe I can fight for this a little bit more. Maybe I can cope with this. So you open the doors to the possibility in that third round of tapping. And then there is two more rounds that come that it is all about positive affirmations, about how you can do it and how it can change and in a way you process it in a more practical way i guess you almost present yourself with your with the solution of that so say you were doing it for yourself and there was a fear of failure that's a good one for me actually you try to launch something new like a course or a blog I don't know those mm-hmm. kind of things and what if people really dislike this so you start tapping and say yeah what people re- what if they really hate me what if 
all those things uh, you process that and then it goes and then one of the things you can easily say to yourself what if i'm actually afraid of success that it's not fear that i'm actually i'm not actually fearful of failing i'm actually fearful of succeeding and you turn it round for yourself and there are times that you may even think that this is ridiculous, but it, it only sounds ridiculous at that point in time because you have found a place to process those thoughts. You have found a place to resonate with something more realistic that your fears are valid. There is no doubt about that, but you know what? It's okay. You know what? I can deal with this. So this sequence of the negative negative transition and positive positive that you normally go through in one round of tapping can be very beneficial and this is how they work because they provide a safe and calm way to process those emotions oh i love it because it, it can be a little bit um vague sometimes or daunting if we try to think about like okay we need to like recognize our emotions and then we need to you know be start having more positive thoughts right that can be sort of you know not not um easy for some people to do especially for children and this seed sort of really seems like it makes it very concrete and with very specific directions and so i would think that practicing this with children would be really beneficial for them and a great way because it seems it's the same process each time. And so they can learn this and then, you know, be able to do this on their own. And, you know, once they learn the the technique. There um, is a book out there that actually teaches you and the very renowned Nick Ordner and his brother and family, the Ordner family. And I guess that's what the, that was the, the app you were talking yes. about, the tapping <laughs> solution. It is a wonderful app to have and they have lots of free resources for kids and parents on their website. And that is a really, really good place to start because they also have a book called uh, Gorilla Hugs, uh, no, Gorilla Thumbs and Bear Hugs. And that's a really good book. And the Gorilla Thumbs is when you're tapping underneath the collarbone, if you do it with your fingers, the, the tip of your fingers, it can be a little bit kind of um, painful. But if you have a, a fist and you do it gently like a gorilla and tap at the top of your chest, mm-hmm. then that does the same job, but it's more comfortable and more, you know, realistic for the kids mm-hmm. and uh, the bear hugs is of course for the underarm bit or you know rib cage bit where you can hug yourself and tap and tap underneath your armpits so yeah these they have found a really wonderful way to make it digestible to children and this is a really great place for people to start uh, for their kids, there's so many free scripts on their website for tapping, and because it is such a safe, uh, especially if you do it in a group environment where you're not specifically targeting something that may bring up past trauma, because this is always a possibility with meditations and therapeutic techniques, I guess especially when you do it in a more lighthearted type of way, uh, it's relatively safe to start there. And 
you know, I would highly recommend for the parents to go and have a look. I mean, I only bought the Gorilla Thumbs and Bear Hugs book and it gave me with the book one, two, I'm just looking at my drive, three, four, five, six, seven. It was about nine different scripts that are downloaded and uh, listening kind of practices that are there. So yeah, highly recommend you go there and uh, go for it. So much actually that it is so easy to start. Um, you can start on bullying, you can start on feeling maybe immature or too mature. Uh, you can, there is resources that help you uh, kind of understand what it is all about so and there is also a resource in the big life journal as well which shows you exactly how does eft work for kids um i think i have links that i can actually email you i guess and you may want to you know share them in the yes. text of your podcast as well Yes, absolutely. Thank you for all of those resources. I am actually definitely going to, as soon as this call is over, go and buy that book. Yeah, Gorilla uh, sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to definitely buy that uh, because I'm excited to start using this first at home with my own kids. Yeah. Uh, you know, a, a goal is always for me, uh, you know, helping my kids to process their emotions and helping them to to find um, you know, some, some positive, uh, feelings about themselves and with their, to help with their self-confidence. And, you know, my, my seven-year-old is struggling with that right now. She's, yeah. she's having a hard time. She's very self-conscious. And, um, so I think this would be a really good technique. You know, we already practice a lot of other types of meditation and I practice breathing with her, but I think this would be a really nice way. Like I said, it's, I like how it's so concrete and I could teach her the points and teach her that the statements and, um, you know, I think that she, she often goes to her meditation and her breathing on her own already because I've been practicing so long with her mm -hmm. since she's been so little. So I often find her um, sitting in her room or, or out on the grass. Uh, the other day she dragged a yoga mat out and, and I, I looked out the window and there she was sitting, you know, in easy seat, uh, just breathing. Um, so I think she would really take to this. Um, yeah. I technique. think it's fun as well. There's yeah. so much fun in this and it's, um, it's effective. It's truly effective. Um, I think there is a lot to learn about ourselves and always there's a lot to learn about ourselves. So if there is a way to process this uh, maze of thoughts and you know, untangle them and find a solution or find peace in some form or other, then it's definitely worth giving it a go at least. Yeah, I get I get so hopeful and so excited when and I... there is no right or wrong, by the way. Even if she just taps and thinks yeah. of her problem, that there doesn't have to be a script. A lot of people at the very beginning of their tapping journey get stuck for words. In fact, you can just tap and think about your problem and your body will process it. Eight rounds, however many you want. And when you start feeling better, because energetically, when you are tapping or applying pressure on a point, you are 
directing energy and it is almost the same as bringing our focus in certain areas of our body and breathing then you're directing energy in that part of the body acupuncture is another example but of course we're not going to go around sticking <laughs> needles in people but <laughs> yeah but it is exactly the same idea that you are and although the meridians and the energy points tapping uses are not really specifically big as such is not something that you would actually think of tapping on to release energy because energy gets stuck in certain sort of flows it just allows it to get unstuck and maybe disrupt it and create a new pattern and more peaceful pattern i guess uh, when you're finished so that's the whole idea about it. And it doesn't matter whether you do one side or both sides or you change sides. It really doesn't matter. What matters is that you tap as you think, as you talk to yourself and process what is happening, because that will create, it will be much more effective than just maybe meditating and reflecting upon what is happening in your life at the time. Oh, it's so fascinating and exciting because I like that it's it can be flexible like that. Uh, I think that's another benefit about working with kids because it seems like because it's so flexible and it can be so fun that you can really start pretty young. I mean, I my classes range from, you know, preschool, toddler all the way up to to teenage years. So I'm excited because I think that um, you can kind of adapt it and because it's so fun and engaging and flexible, you can kind of start really at, at young age. Would you think, would you agree with that? I think that for self tapping and for keeping their attention and repeating the words after you, I would say that they probably need to be maybe six years old, five, six years old kind mm -hmm. of thing and over. Uh, so that they understand that, you know, there is some sort of process and yes, it's going to last like five minutes, five, seven minutes is normally every uh, one round of tapping is about seven minutes. But yeah, so I think that, but you could do surrogate uh, tapping with a child. So although they may not understand or even a baby, uh, they may not understand or may may they may not be able to repeat what you say to them uh, there is evidence that they understand that babies fully understand what you say and that um they take in uh what is happening so there could be a very fractious baby that you you know that a parent has in the house teething whatever it might be and in a nice control manner, you maybe start tapping a little bit on, you know, eyebrow point or the side and very, very gently making it even into a game. And that often in itself is very calming and it can happen. I mean, surrogate tapping is a thing. You can go and do it on a baby or on an elderly, elderly relative that can't do it themselves or somebody that hasn't got the cognitive abilities to do it. But either way, you are creating, in a way, a shift, an energetic shift that allows them to definitely feel better. And, you know, if we, that's the whole point of it. We are all trying to make our kids feel better. So, yeah, I think you can start at any age. Just uh, be mindful that, 
it might not quite be what it is for you if you know right you know just like yoga with the kids (laughs) yes it looks different to be in check (laughs) absolutely yeah I just think um with the little ones just even kind of them learning where a few points are in a fun engaging way like the gorilla taps yeah, um, gorilla right. thumbs and their hugs, and then yeah. the eyebrow point is. Oh, I need to look at it up. But anyway, the eyebrow point has a name. The temple point is the eagle kind of eye on the side, oh. and uh, under the nose, like on the top of the lip, is the dragon point. And the wolf point at the chin, you know, when your wolf howls and you bring your oh. chin up, that. And then, of course, gorilla thumbs and bear hugs and monkey taps at the top of your head. So, yeah, they all have a name inside that book and they are incredible and digestible. Even if you just teach them what they are as stars in their body, I don't know how you're going to introduce it, but there are ways to digest, to make it digestible to them. Yeah, sounds amazing and uh, so fascinating. And uh, I think uh, really, really helpful and useful for for a lot of people, um, adults all the way down to, to kids. I think it's really a, a wonderful technique and uh, a, another option. A lot of people I know sometimes will say to me like, oh, I'm not good at meditating. I can't meditate because I can't sit still and I can't, you know this this for that reason i would would you say like this is a really great option for people that might feel that way well uh, meditation and reflection can happen in many ways i think uh reflection in the shower is the most uh, common one for a lot of people Mm. most of our ideas happen in the shower (laughs) but um yes it is a wonderful way to meditate in that way uh i just think that um once you've done it Uh, spend one or two minutes towards the end reflecting on what has just happened. Quite often, even with the yoga practice, uh, we do not feel the positive shift that has happened in our body or our mind or our breath or whichever area has been positively affected by the practice unless we stop and notice So that's the important bit that, yes, it is a lovely form of meditation that does not require you to stay still. But I do think we should all take a little bit of time to recognize what happened at the end of each practice. Yeah, that's a great tip. You talked already a little bit about surrogate tapping, and I had a... um... A question about like the special needs population and working with that community um, of children. What's your thoughts on tapping for that? There is, uh, when I did my special yoga training, we got uh, to learn a little bit about reflexology and accessing uh, certain energetic pathways that you could create a shift, a positive shift in the way special populations feel because they could not access that with words or with imitating our own movements. So that was a very good thing to learn at the time. So that's why I think that uh, surrogate tapping is a very good option for those populations but again just like everything else 
with the special children or special populations, make sure that you're tuned in to their language and that you are observing closely because although they may not be able to fully express how they feel, they may not like it or it may disturb something. So there is, I'm not trying to say be scared of it either. I'm just saying, yes, give it a go, but stay tuned and keep listening with your eyes, heart and ears when you do surrogate tapping because you are really in control of it. So you do not want it to escalate into a traumatic experience, which I have seen happening not with tapping. I have seen it with journaling in some teacher trainings. People went too deep or people, you know. So just like other forms of therapy with special populations, we need to remain tuned in and a clear plate, highly sensitive, I guess, to their responses. And people who work with special kids will probably know exactly what I mean. So yes, proceed with uh, care. Yeah, that's really a good tip. Um, I think we always have to be tuned in with, with all of our awareness um, when working with children in general, but absolutely with those children who may not have the communication skills to or ability to to tell us um, if something is not feeling right for them so that's a really really important thing to keep in mind um, in 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 this kind of work absolutely it's exactly the same with yoga certain things Mm -hmm. i mean i'm not saying uh do not encourage a child with adhd to go into a forward fold that's exactly what they need but that's exactly what they do not want to do right (laughs) yes (laughs) i'm just saying that uh yeah be mindful of how it's done and that it doesn't trigger a full-on tantrum for example just an example yeah sometimes you have to come at it Yeah, sometimes we have to, I think, come at it from a different angle sometimes, or Mm -hmm. you can, you have to meet them where they are and and see which way it's going to work for them to get the most benefit from it. And exactly. And that can only happen if you go without expectations of what the outcome of the practice is, whatever Mm -hmm. you're practicing, whether that is breathing or tapping or, I don't know, um, yoga, asana, uh, whether you do any of those. But it is, uh, and also to stay like a blank canvas yourself, a lot of the special population are highly attuned to what is happening around them. And it comes through, it really comes through. So stay tuned to the child and everything will be fine, I think. Yeah. I mean, that's a great tip, even even for just parents in general, even it's a great tip for parents people who are working with children and um, especially special needs, but even parents in general, I think that uh, the expectation piece that you talked about and also, you know, staying, staying attuned to, to what works for your child is, is really important because as parents, sometimes we think we know (laughs) what's best for our kids, but sometimes we have to pay a little closer attention to them because they're, they're their own person. And, what works for us and what we think is going to work doesn't necessarily work for them. Absolutely. 
That's it. Yeah. That's exactly it. And it's something that is very much a transferable skill to have, uh, whether you're working with special children or whether you're working with your very own special child. I think all, all kids are special in my opinion. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, you already gave us some great tips on where people can start with the book um, and uh, the website and the app. So I will um, absolutely include all of those links um, that you send me in the show notes so that uh, parents and teachers have um, easy access to, to find all those things. So I really appreciate you sharing that with us. Anything else you want to share with us? And then, of course, let our listeners know where we can connect with you and all of your um, things that you have to offer. Um, I don't have anything else to add. I just think that a lot of the time we, us yoga practitioners, need to think beyond the physical aspects of the practice in order to find a shift and maybe a breakthrough in our practice or in the way we feel towards peace and happiness. And, you know, this is what yoga is about. It is about creating space and a positive change in our lives, uh, whatever that might be for each and every one of us. And because innately we are good, we are all good inside, we have all got love inside of us. And however much of a broken record I sound, it is true. And those type of techniques, uh, reflexology, Reiki, tapping, theta healing, you know, all those sort of techniques can come useful if we have them. And they are, in my opinion, also yoga because they create that positive shift we are looking for in ourselves, in the journey of discovery of ourselves. So, yeah, that's the one thing I wanted to add, that although EFT tapping or tapping is not yoga, it is in a way, if we think about it, as a way to create a positive shift. Uh, but other than that, no, I don't have anything else to add. As far as uh, for myself, I am the founder and owner of Yuva Yoga. I specialize in chair-based yoga and have courses specifically for that. So if you're a yoga teacher, get in touch and want to know how to do that. Mm -hmm. You're more than welcome to join me. But recently, I also created a paid newsletter, creator newsletter, whatever you want to call those things. They are the kind of things like a membership, I guess, that provide useful content to an audience and um, and they can take it away. So I decided to go into that realm of writing and creating content because it gives me real, real joy to do it. So I have my own blog on Substack and I'll send you the link. You're more than welcome to visit. There is free stuff there. Of course, there is free stuff. How else would they know and try it? <laughs> but yeah. Um, and I'm excited about that right now because writing feeds my soul just like uh, the tapping and other things we have to find ways that we can fill our cup and and you know just find happiness and comfort and 
morning pages and journaling has been that, but it also created this opportunity to create beautiful content for other people. And, uh, you know, by having that energy exchange, the money part, I guess, the paid part, uh, you, the reader, makes a commitment to say, I will read this instead of just deleting the email and having it go into your bin folder and never setting eyes on it again. So, yeah, I'm excited about that for a lot of reasons, but mostly because I enjoy doing it. Well, that <laughs> so sounds we'll amazing. <laughs> Yes, definitely send me the link. It's to all that. about writing copy because when you're running your own business, uh, you will find out that you spend your days uh, writing blog posts, writing scripts or questions mm -hmm. for a podcast, <laughs> writing mm -hmm. uh, sales pages, landing pages, emails. The list is endless. So, yeah, copywriting is a really big deal. And I found great joy doing it. And I want to show people how I do it because the process of doing those things can actually be enjoyable. So that's what the blog is about. And I'm very, very excited about it. Thank you for letting me speak about it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it sounds amazing. And congratulations Thank you. on launching it. And, and it, it's, you can hear the joy in your voice. And I love that. I'm, I'm sitting here, even though no one can see me, I can, I'm sitting here smiling because I could feel your joy about it. So that's always a beautiful thing to see. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why I launched it, because I know that people struggle with writing copy and emails and blog posts. So it's like, well, why not show them what to do? It? There is joy to be found in reading and writing and doing things like that. And it is beneficial for your business. So why not? Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a definitely a necessity. I mean, even even I know uh, sometimes I struggle just writing an Instagram post, which is not necessarily that long, yeah. but you know, you, you, you get st stuck on your words sometimes, or you start questioning and erasing and, you know, it, it could, it can take some, take lots of I extra time words to write an ad that Facebook will actually say, yeah, okay, it's fine now. <laughs> <laughs> it's approved. Yeah. <laughs> yes well thank you so much for joining us this morning and taking the time out of your day to share with us about tapping and all the other tips you gave us it was really wonderful speaking with you again thank you I, I can talk and talk and talk sorry thank you <laughs> thank yes you. well I I love talking with you always and uh, so let's keep in touch and uh, we'll talk again soon Yes, thank you for having me. That was a great conversation with Maria. Here are some takeaways. One, parents need to be reminded what it's like to be a child and to be playful and energetic. Two, we cannot pour from an empty cup. You can use your yoga practice to fill your cup. Three, EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique or tapping, is a form of therapy that creates a sense of grounding and positive self-talk. Four, EFT gives you a structure to use affirmations. Five, acknowledging and recognizing the challenge you are having is an important step to solving it. Six, there is always a lot to learn about ourselves. We need to untangle our thoughts. Seven, tapping on pressure points helps us to direct energy flow. 
Tapping allows us to get energy unstuck. Eight, EFT can be made accessible to children. Nine, always be in tune to the children you are working with, especially if you are using surrogate tapping. And 10, go in without expectations. Stay like a blank canvas to allow the child to be where they need to be. I hope you all enjoyed that conversation. I'm going to link all those resources in the show notes that Maria suggested. And let me know if you try out some tapping or what your experience is if you've already tried it. I would love to hear from you. And I will be back next week with another episode. In the meantime, remember, take a deep breath. Thank you for joining me on my mission to spread peace and joy by introducing children and families to the power of yoga and mindfulness. I could not achieve this goal without all of you listening and trying these tips with the kids in your life. If you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful, please subscribe and leave me a review. If you would also suggest this podcast to parents and teachers, I would be so grateful. If you would like to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Mindful Moments for Families and on Facebook at Kidding Around Yoga with Kelly. For more information on my offered programs, such as yoga classes for children and adults, workshops and professional development, and corporate chair yoga, visit my website at kiddingaroundyoga.com backslash Kelly. I'll see you all here on our next episode. But in the meantime, remember, take a deep breath.